mornings from 10 to noon on WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans, 1061 Nash Icon. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca Bicades, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive with locations throughout the New Orleans area, Segnet Landing Restaurant and Swamp Tours in West Rigo, Petri Transport Services, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk sports in substantive fashion with informed guests. To join in the conversation, call 504 260 1061. Now, here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and Delgado Baseball. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the midweek edition here on 106.1 FM and always on the web at NashFM1061.com, our tune-in app. Available for you anywhere in the world to listen in via iHeart. No problem, easy to do. Also at home, if you can't pick up radio, Alexa will take care of you. Just tell her to play WRKN and she'll do so. And you'll be glad that you told her that. Our podcast available following the show. Just go to CrescentCitySports.com. Click on the left side top menu. Just click on podcast and you got us. Real easy to be able to. Retrace your steps. You can email me, Ken, at CrescentCitySports.com or call the show. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. Love to hear from you as we march on throughout this show tonight. Now, coming up in the next segment, we'll visit with Chris Gordy. Of course, SEC podcast and Houston Radio and tonight LSU Baseball is in Houston playing Rice. He's at the game. We'll talk to him about that. We'll also talk to him about SEC baseball in general, SEC basketball, and SEC football. And, oh, by the way, we'll touch on Major League Baseball as well with Chris Gordy in just a little bit. And I know he'll be very informative as always. Look forward to talking to him about that. Scouting combine going on. We'll touch on that later on the show as well. And where it fits, what the Saints are doing, what they're interested in, and why they'd be interested. All of that to come. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061 to participate in the conversation. Rudy Dixon, our producer, glad you've joined us. And we start off by talking about the New Orleans Pelicans because they're up first tonight. Pelicans playing the second of a back-to-back tough at Indianapolis this evening against the Pacers. It's tough under any circumstances, and back-to-backs are tough on the road in particular under any circumstances, but it's even tougher tonight. And here's why. The Pelicans, of course, went out and won their game convincingly over the New York Knicks last night, 115-92. to 
That was the good news. Then came the bad news. The Pelicans boarded a flight for Indianapolis at 11 p.m. following the win. And at midnight, they were informed that the right engine on the plane was broken. This according to Jennifer Hale, who does the sideline reports for the Pelicans on Valley Sports and also on WVUE. At 2.45 a.m., they deplaned and boarded an, another plane. The Warriors had just flown in already for a game. At 3.15 a.m., the Pelicans took off for Indianapolis. At 5 a.m., they landed in Indianapolis. At 6 a.m., ostensibly bedtime. And, of course, now they've got the game. So travel, very tough. Painstaking, frustrating, taxing on the body, on the mind, on the spirit. And hopefully it doesn't affect the way they play tonight. There is good news about availability tonight. Dyson Daniels still out, of course. But C.J. McCollum, he's back, and he's playing tonight. That's a big lift for this team. Trey Murphy, available. Second of a back-to-back. Coming off a heck of a game. Brandon Ingram, available despite tweaking an ankle last night. He came back and played well last night, and he's playing again tonight. And Zion Williamson. Playing, again, second of a back-to-back. So he's playing. This is all good news. Williamson talked about him and Ingram being available more often this season than they were last season. He said, quote, me and B.I. talk about stuff like that all the time. What we want to do for this team and the future of this team, we want to win. At the end of the day, people always remember winners. Ingram, for his part, after he tweaked his ankle in the first half and returned to play. He said, this is Ingram speaking, I told Z I couldn't leave him out there. So again, there's a camaraderie taking place as we speak. And that's great to see. Looking back on last night, Pelicans 115, Knicks 92, look, Sure, the Knicks were without three key players. If you want to add big Mitch Robinson, you can make it four. But that's part of the game. Yes, they were missing Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, but Pelicans were missing McCollum and Daniels. And the Pelicans, no sympathy for anyone with all the lack of availability of Williamson since he's been in New Orleans and lack of availability with Ingram. So you've got to take care of business. The Knicks... We're missing four starters. It was a competitive game for three quarters, and the Pelicans outscored the Knicks 41-25 in the fourth quarter. They made their first 12 field goal attempts in the fourth quarter, finished 12 of 14 from the field in the quarter, and also 10 of 11 from the free throw line. You cannot be any more efficient than that offensively. Scored 41 points, outscored the Knicks 41-25. And really, the big story was Trey Murphy. Now, Murphy's not had a good shooting year. And yes, he had the meniscus and missed the first part of the season, came back, played well initially, but then slumped. And he's been slumping in terms of shooting the ball, and it's affected his overall game. Well, last night, he didn't slump. Six of 11 from three-point range, he scored 26 points. 
to lead the Pelicans. Ingram scored 24 points at six boards, five assists. Zion Williamson had 21 points. It was Murphy's first game with six or more three-pointers since December 21st. And that's what he's counted on for. That's what they need him to do. And it's huge. Look, I think you also want to give credit to guys who stay ready to play. Robinson Earl's done a decent job here. Guy that didn't get many minutes, a lot of DNPs, credit. And then Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, limited minutes, makes two three-pointers. He's a pure shooter. And he gives you another good wing shooter to help spread the floor for the likes of Zion and Ingram, who teams are just mauling and doubling at every opportunity. It's amazing. And that's kind of what you're looking at with regard to this bunch. Spread the floor, free up Zion, free up Ingram. Critical. It's incredibly important to get spacing and have shooters that can provide the opportunity. Zion Williamson, second in the league in shots from five feet and in. Only Giannis Antetokounmpo has more shots from five feet done, but Zion doesn't get the whistles that Antetokounmpo gets, or for that matter, others, when he gets inside. That's a fact. All you got to do is look at the average number of free throws taken. So he's not getting space, and he's not getting whistles. And he's still effective, and obviously he's become a much better facilitator this year. Point Zion, doing an excellent job in that regard. Ingram. Better in facilitating as well. He's just got to limit turnovers. He's got to be able to pay through physicality because people are really getting physical with Ingram on a consistent basis. And that's going to be the case. That's just the way they're going to play him, and it's what he has to overcome. Alvarado, one more game to sit tonight before he can come back from suspension. Najee Marshall back. That helps. Jordan Hawkins, another guy off the bench that gets minutes with guys missing and can make threes. We know how efficient McCollum's been from beyond the arc this year. We know what Herb Jones has been. Vastly improved shooter. And overall might be your best player. I mean, with what he does, defending what he's done with his shot to make himself that. And he never plays outside of his realm. He never tries to do more than he's supposed to do. I mean, he's the glue to this team. We said that before he could shoot it well. Now he shoots it pretty well, and he's even firmer glue, right? He's just a really good basketball player. So much to like about him. Jonas Valanciunas continues to be a steady force. They need Larry Nance to be more consistent. You know, that's imperative. Better last night, but he needs to be more consistent with the minutes he gets in relief of Valanciunas because they just need that presence, the ability to block out, get a rebound, score occasionally. Hopefully he can be more of that moving forward as well. Tonight, it's the Pacers. So you're in Indianapolis, right? Indiana, of course, the heartbeat of college basketball. They love that sport across the board in that state. That goes without saying. Kind of takes precedence over football, or at least it has. 
over a period of time. Pacers currently tied for seventh in a competitive Eastern Conference, so they're right now out of the playoffs and in the play-in, but they're only a half game behind the Heat and Sixers who are tied for the fifth spot. So it's very competitive. If you look at the Knicks in the fourth spot, the Heat and the Sixers tied for fifth, and the Magic and Pacers tied for seventh, there's only two games separating fourth through eighth in the East. So it's a big game for the Pacers. 19 and 12 at home on the year, coming off a loss. Six and four in their last 10 games, Indiana. But the thing you're looking at with the Pacers, and this is what the Pelicans have to deal with tonight with fatigue. Having played last night, having had the bad travel, they got to face a team that pushes the pace more than anybody in the league. The Pacers play fast, and they get a ton of shots up. And they lead the league in scoring, averaging 123.9 points per game. A ton. You look at field goal attempts, the Pacers get up more shots than anybody in the league with one exception, Atlanta. Second in the league in field goal attempts. Then you look at field goal percentage. This team shoots the lights out. The Pacers, number one in the league, shooting 50.8% from the field. Oklahoma City second, by the way, at 50.2%. Pretty impressive. Pacers are favored by four and a half at home. Now, Indiana, not a great three-point shooting team, 35.8%. Compare that to the Pelicans, who are shooting 37.8% from three-point range. And it's a little bit different. Pelicans 15th in the league in scoring, by the way, at 116.1 points per game in the middle of the pack. Other notable stats, Pacers averaging 12.9 turnovers a game. Pelicans 12.7, very comparable in that regard. Pelicans Overall, clearly a better rebounding team than Indianapolis. Pacers are a little bit better free throw shooting team than the Pelicans, by about a percentage point and a half in that regard. So there's interesting comparisons. Both of these teams are in the same position in that they're each fighting to get into the playoffs and out of the play-in. That is the task for both teams. We told you about the Pacers being tied for seven in the West, seven games over. The Pelicans, by virtue of the win last night, are now in the five spot. A half game ahead of Phoenix, a game ahead of Sacramento, and a game and a half ahead of Dallas. Pelicans are four games ahead of the Lakers and the Warriors. All of those teams are still battling for playoff spots. I think you've got the 10 teams that are going to be playoff teams. I don't think anybody else gets through. Utah is in the 11th spot. They're four behind the Lakers and Warriors, and they're not as good as those teams. So the 10 teams that are going to make the postseason are obvious. Oklahoma City and Minnesota. They're tied for the Western Conference lead, 41-17. And by the way, the Thunder playing great. They've won six in a row. Denver, the defending champion, in third at two games back. And they've won three in a row, and they're dangerous. The Clippers, fourth, 37-19. They're three games back. 
and those four teams have separated themselves a bit. Pelicans fifth, three and a half behind the Clippers at 35 and 24. Suns are 34 and 24. Kings 33 and 24. Mavericks 33 and 25. Then the Warriors 30 and 27, and the Lakers 31 and 28, to let you see just how competitive it is. Pelicans, the other really good stat on New Orleans, really good on the road. Pelicans have the second best road record in the Western Conference, 18 and 12. Only Minnesota at 20 and 11 is better. <laughs> Tied with Oklahoma City for the second best record in the West. And that's really impressive away from home. That's hard to do. But the Pelicans have played really better on the road than they have at home. They're 18 and 12 on the road. They're 17 and 12 at home. Kind of backwards, right? Pelicans have won 7 of 10, right at the ship with a win over the Knicks. Haven't played great basketball lately. But that fourth quarter last night, man, that was something to behold. It was a gem. That's what you're hoping can carry over. And again, we'll see just how much that fatigue impacts this team tonight against a Pacers team that can score and wants to play very fast. So it's going to be interesting to see how that happens. You know, last night, coming out of the locker room at halftime, Pelicans were only up by one, 48-47. They opened the second half on a 10-0 run to take an 11-point lead and that was huge. And then they carried the seven-point lead to the final quarter. And this time, they closed it. By the way, Williamson fouled out of the game with 3.35 to play with his 21 points and five rebounds. But the Pelicans did everything they needed to do. Shot 50.6% from the field. More importantly, they were tremendous from three-point range. 18 of 34, 52.9%. Look, when you shoot the ball well, your offense looks good, and you typically win. The Pelicans shot it well, but that's not all, they, not all they did well last night. They defended well also, as the numbers would suggest, when you hold an opponent under 100. And they held the Knicks to 37.3% shooting from the field. And that's how you win in convincing fashion. So that's where you are right now. And yes, they're all important. 59 games in means 23 left to play. And this is the second of this road trip. Can they possibly get the back end? of a back-to-back. They're underdogs. It would seem more unlikely than likely that they can win it. But there's an opportunity there to be able to make it happen. And it's the first of back-to-back games against the Pacers because the two teams then fly to New Orleans and they play here Friday night at Smoothie King Center. Then the Pelicans get a really nice break before they don't play again until next Tuesday against Toronto, a team that's cashed it in, a game you should win, but you must win. Then next Friday night, the Sixers are in town, but again, Joel Embiid has been out. So that's a keen opportunity as well when the Sixers host the Pelicans. That's an away game. The Raptors are an away game as well. I should mention that's not a smoothie game game. That's an away game. So The Pacers come here for a game, then the Pelicans hit the road, go to Toronto, go to Philadelphia, go to Atlanta, another sub-500 team. So a three-game road trip, again, it's a tough stretch of five out of six on the road. But again, it's all relative to when you play teams. On paper, you look at teams and you say, man, that's a tough team to play. Or you look at a stretch and say, man, that's a really difficult stretch. 
or you look at it and say, man, that's an easier stretch. Not really. It depends on when you play people. Have they made trades? Do they have injuries? What's their morale? Have they changed coaches? I mean, there's so many factors to factor in. It's the NBA. You got to show up and play. You want to win. Schedule-wise, Phoenix has a tough schedule the rest of the way. They're good. They got a tough schedule. And remember last night, if you want to look back at the end of the season, if, if it does turn out that the Pelicans make the playoffs and edge out a team like Dallas, go back and look at last night when Struess hits one from backcourt at the buzzer to beat the Mavericks as time expired. Unbelievable that that happened. Huge shot by Struess. Huge win for Cleveland over Dallas. A crushing loss for the Mavericks and obviously one that benefits the Pelicans and other contenders in the Western Conference. Because now you're, you are looking at the opponents every night, aside from looking at yourself. And yes, you can take care of business yourself. I get it. And that's, that's option one. Take care of your own business. Don't let others impact what you do. Take care of business. Let the chips fall where they may. Finally, on the Pelicans, I think, as I've said before, and we've talked about on this show with guests, the magic number for New Orleans is 50. 59 games in, they've won 35. That means they got to win 15 more the rest of the way. 15 out of 23, that's 15 and 8. It's doable. You get to 50, I can't imagine you don't make the playoffs and avoid the play-in. Can't imagine. Goes without saying. ESPN Analytics have the Pelicans with a 30% chance to win a playoff series. That's not good. Scoffers are out there, and understandably so. You're innocent until proven guilty. You're guilty until proven innocent. You've got to prove to people that you can break through and be that team. And this team hasn't done that as of yet. They want to play in game with the Clippers two years ago, but they haven't done anything in the playoffs and haven't won a series since they beat Portland. And that's been a while. Pelicans in Indiana tonight. We'll keep you posted. Of course, we'll have a game story at CrescentCitySports.com. Later on this evening, once that game is concluded. If you'd like to join in the conversation, it's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday evening. We'll take a time out here. Later on in the show, we'll touch on the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Speaking of Indiana and Indianapolis, but when we return... We'll talk some SEC sports, baseball, basketball, football, you name it. Chris Gordy will join us to do that when All Access continues in just a moment here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Hi, this is Ken Trahan. The Three Tailgater Show is a Saturday morning tradition on 1061 Nash Icon. Tune in every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to noon with my partner Ed Daniels of WGNO and WNOL to join me to talk sports with you every single week with your calls as well. The Three Tailgater Show, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon on 1061 Nash Icon. People who come to cricket stay with cricket, just like our customer Jaren. I'm the singer and guitarist in a band, and I use my cricket phone for everything. It's basically like another band member. Don't miss a single beat. Switch today and get a free Samsung Galaxy A14 5G. Smile, you're on cricket. 
Real customer paid for testimonial must bring your number to Cricket on up to a $60 a month voice plan depending on device. Select models only while supplies last. First month service charge and tax due at sale. Cricket 5G requires a compatible device and is not available everywhere. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See store for details. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Did you find yourself scrambling for a last-minute Valentine's Day gift this year? What if there's a gift that will last longer than flowers or perfume and protect your loved ones along the way, regardless of when you get it? I'm talking about life insurance. I called SelectQuote to secure our coverage and couldn't believe how easy and affordable it was. I'm 40, and my $500,000 policy was only $16 a month. My husband's also 40, and his $500,000 policy was only $18 a month. And with their same-day coverage, there was no medical exam required, and we were covered by the time we hung up. With monthly payments less than the cost of a dozen roses, this is the perfect time to make sure your family is protected. Call SelectQuote at 1-800-418-3366 or go to SelectQuote.com to get your free quote today. That's 1-800-418-3366. 1-800-418-3366. Details on example rate at selectquote.com. When the final horn blows at the All-State Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl's support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to allstatesugarbowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. The Teal Roofing Cajun Country Jam is back May 24th through the 26th the Memorial Day Weekend At North Park Denham Springs, Louisiana Starring Justin Moore Small town USA Plus Clay Walker Sawyer Brown Joe Nichols Plus Chase Matthew, Lane Hardy and more Tickets on sale now at thecajuncountryjam.com That's thecajuncountryjam.com This report is sponsored by Mothers Against Drunk Driving For victims of drunk and drug driving Our grief is unique But you are not alone You always have a place at MAD Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org. Seeing some slow traffic eastbound I-10 Loyola to Veterans. Also uh, eastbound 610 Metairie to New Orleans East. About 10 minutes, a five-minute delay. Slow between Broad and the I-10 merge. Eastbound I-10 fly over to the high-rise. About a 15-minute ride. And Elysian Fields to the high-rise looks like 10 minutes there. Accident working Gentilly at Allen Street. Also Calliope at uh, Oretha C. Haley Boulevard. An accident as well. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center. 
calling all listeners, what's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and All Access on 106.1 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Interesting times in college baseball, college basketball, SEC style in particular. Tonight, LSU, uh, the number two team in the country, uh, making a visit to Reckling Park to take on Rice, who just finished playing University of Louisiana. Lafayette, Tigers, and Rice getting it on at about 7 this evening. Stationed at Reckling Park and joining us now to touch on that, college baseball in general, college basketball, and more. Good and great friend, of course, Sports Talk host in Houston and also with the Locked On SEC Network is our good and great friend, Chris Gordy. Chris, always a pleasure. How are you? Doing good, Ken. I'm a, a wind has picked up out here, so I'm a little bit of a wind tunnel, so I'll try to find a, a little shelter here to have a conversation with you. But uh, <laughs> quite a change. I mean, it would have been the 70s and 80s the last few days, but the temperature drop here uh, – Dropping into the you know lower 60s and windy, so uh, let's hope that wind's blowing out, so uh, LSU could hit a bunch of home runs tonight. Well, we'll see. Uh, well, talk about Rice. What what is LSU going to see in Rice this evening? Yeah, it's it's an improved club. Uh, you know, Jose Cruz has, has done a good job with this program, kind of taking them from you know they they kind of bottomed out uh, in the years after Wayne Graham retired and. Uh, you know they, they they had to build this thing back, and it's 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 a tough place to recruit because, you know, obviously the the academic standards are, you know, for, first and foremost, and then you know you're right here in Houston where, you know, you have the University of Houston right across town. You've got you know, Texas A&M up the road, LSU four hours to the east. So, you know, if you're a good baseball player in the city of Houston, it's, there's there's a lot of other options before you get the rice. So, uh, but he's done a good job. They. Uh, they competed pretty hard that first weekend. They they played a, a a pretty decent Notre Dame team to open the season, and they got swept. But they were kind of in almost all those games. So we'll see. Uh, Pitching is always the story of uh, of your program, but it looks like uh, Jose Cruz kind of got them going a little bit more this year. We'll see if they can compete, but uh, certainly should be outmatched tonight against this LSU lineup. Of course, LSU staying in Houston to play in the Astros Foundation Classic this weekend. You know, playing number 14, Texas, on Friday at Minimate at 7, then taking on their uh, their close-by rival, University of Louisiana, Lafayette, Saturday, and then Texas State on Sunday. What about this event? I mean, we've had, you know, over the years, had some great teams play over there. Uh, maybe not as sexy this year, but still a good event and always well-attended, isn't it? Yeah, and it was kind of fun when, you know, they had a couple years there when it was the Shriners Classic, and they were kind of matching up the SEC with the Big 12, you know, right. three SEC teams versus three Big 12 teams. And it was always kind of fun. Well, this other tournament kind of started in, in Arlington up in Dallas. And, you know, they've kind of stolen that idea a little bit. Tennessee was playing in that last weekend. And so it's kind of a hodgepodge. But, yeah, they – I talked to the people that organize it. They said if it were up to them, they would invite LSU every year because they always bring the, the best draw and, and the most fans. But – there's some rule in there where they have to alternate. They have to, you know, give everybody else a turn. So uh, they do it every other year. But, yeah, every time LSU comes out here, they bring a huge contingent. And it's going to be a fun game tomorrow night to see uh, – or Friday night, rather, to see them play Texas, who obviously will be in the SEC next year, a team that's got a proud tradition and a lot of championships themselves. So it'll be a good little measuring stick here to see how LSU matches up against them. And then Lafayette's got a pretty good squad. And then – you know, he should have handled Texas State on on Sunday, but um, you're right, not as loaded of a field, but still going to be fun nonetheless. 
Visiting with Chris Gordy, Locked On SEC Network. SEC in general, baseball, crazy good again. So many good teams that there's legitimately four teams that are threats to win the national championship, if not five in the SEC. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I would still, I would put over half the league, I'd say, has a chance. I mean, when you talk about, you know, the, two of the teams that have kind of cratered here in the last two years, the, the, the two previous national champions before LSU, Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State, there's a lot of heat on, uh, you know, on both those coaches, on, on uh, Bianco and Chris Lamonis, because they're, they're, their fan base is going, hey, look, we appreciate that championship, but you bottomed out after that. What, what's going on here? Lamonis is, is the further removed from the championship, but there's a lot of heat on him to turn this thing around, and both of them are sitting at the bottom of the West already, right out of the gates at five and four. So, yeah, it's it, it's fascinating. Um, you know, Vanderbilt is very talented, but even they have three early season losses. And you know, most people say early season losses don't mean much in baseball, but we do know at the end of the year, you know, record matters. And if you got ten losses, there you're not going to be a high seed. So, um, you know, it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. But no, I, I think Arkansas is very loaded. Uh, Vanderbilt's loaded. Tennessee is loaded. Uh, you know, LSU's looking pretty good out of the gates. So, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be one of those typical years in the SEC where we're going to have Friday night aces. You know that that are all going to be future major league baseball stars. And uh, yeah, it's, it, this thing is wide open. But uh, yeah, to to your point, I mean, I, I I think there's you know somebody could always surprise and, and get on a heater. And you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. And I, I think five six teams have a chance to win it all this year. With regard to basketball as we flip the page and look at the sec as we speak it's an interesting league uh, tennessee to me is obviously the best team and the only team in my mind that would have a chance uh, at you know possibly getting to the final four uh, based on talent and performance at this point and yet it's still a pretty good league overall uh, but before we talk about the sec i wanted you to tell everybody about the university of houston number one in the nation now uh, they've been knocking on the door for several years. They're always uh, awesome defensively. Is this the year? Do they have enough offense to get over the top and be more than just a threat? That, that's the hope. Um, you know, what's, what's so unfortunate is that they had a kid named Tremont Mark who was really good for them that left in the transfer portal this offseason and went to Arkansas. You look at the debacle that, that, that's happened in Arkansas. I'm sure he's regretting every day leaving Houston because he would have made their, their offense that much better had he stayed. But, no, still just as strong defensively as they typically are. Uh, Kelvin Sampson's trademark. I want to say it's either Tuesdays or Wednesdays of, of a normal practice week. They literally put a, a basically like a, a lid on the, um, on, the, on the basket, and they have people take shots, and all they practice is boxing out and rebounding and – playing all the trajectory of the ball bouncing off the rim and, 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 re, and getting rebounds. So it's, it's, it, they, they literally just focus on defense for an entire practice every week, and it shows. They were one of the best defensive teams in the league. I think last night, you know, they were playing Cincinnati, and they didn't, the offense wasn't, you know, wasn't doing much, but they, they held their opponent to 17 points at, at the half in Cincinnati. So, uh, look, yeah, they're, they're probably – they jumped up to number one this week in the rankings – uh, barring a, a collapse down the stretch, they're going to be a, a one seed and they're going to win the Big 12. But if they slip up at all in one of the next two games against Oklahoma or UCF, they host Kansas a week from Saturday. And if Kansas, you know, wins their next couple games, that game could, you know, could come down to winning the Big 12. I don't think it will. I think they'll have enough of a cushion when they get to that game. But 
Uh, Fertitta Center is, is an awesome environment. It's, it's become one of the best in, in all of college basketball, and it's going to be loud and rocking when those Kansas fans come. So it's going to be fun to see. But, yeah, I think, um, you know, if you look at the Vegas odds that just came out today, they're, they're among the favorites, if not the favorites, to win it all this year. Um, it's just unfortunate they couldn't do it a year ago when the Final Four was here in Houston. What are, you, what are you thinking right now in terms of NCAA bids for the SEC? Is it like seven would be a, a real number? Six, seven? Yeah, what do you I, think it might be? I've had people asking me for weeks, is it seven, is it eight? And I've been, I've been going under. I, I, I think six. I mean, it, the, the, the reality is there's some really good teams at the top of this league, but there's a lot of teams that were in the mix that have kind of fallen apart down the stretch here. A&M has gone on a, on a, on a really awful skid. Chris Beard and Ole Miss were looking like they were knocking on the door, and then they lost a couple games. And, you know, I, I don't know if Mississippi State's done enough to get in. I, I heard Jerry Palm the other day said even LSU beating, you know, South Carolina and Kentucky recently, they still, their, their, their net rating is not good. They're not going to be good enough to, to get into the tournament. Uh, he thinks they'll be, you know, one of the higher seeds in the NIT, but not, but not mm-hmm. the tournament unless, you know, they get on a heater in the SEC tournament and, you know, maybe get to the championship game and lose. Uh, A&M did that a couple of years ago, so it, anything's possible. But, yeah, I, I think six. I, I don't think that, that they're going to get the benefit of the doubt with some of those middle-tier teams. But it's fascinating. You mentioned Tennessee. They're sitting right atop the SEC right now, tied with Alabama. But look at their four remaining, remaining games. I mean, they're playing Auburn tonight. They're playing yep. Alabama next. And then they get South Carolina and Kentucky. I mean, that is literally yep. the four other best teams in the conference. And so – you know, I had somebody ask, you think Tennessee's going to win the SEC? I said, no. I said, they, they're, their schedule, remaining schedule, compared to that of Auburn or, or Alabama, I think Alabama's going to win it. They, they, they have a little bit more of a favorable draw. And I just think, look, if Tennessee beats Auburn tonight, that, that'll be a big feather in their cap. But I just think that they've got the toughest draw of anybody remaining. Yeah, I, I looked at that earlier. They do. I think they're the best team watching everybody play this year. But I think you're right. There's more of a chance they don't win the league in the regular season than they do because of the way the schedule sets up. Visiting with Chris Gordy, Locked On SEC Network. All right, so women's basketball, South Carolina, just remarkable. I mean, it's crazy to lose that many players and to be the only undefeated team in men's or women's basketball in Division One in the country. I mean, that's just, that's unspeakable. That's amazing. That's just an incredible job. It really is. And, and Don Staley's one of the best out there. And, you know, I know everybody's kind of hoping that, Somehow, some way, you know, if, I, if I'm the, the committee, I, if I could draw it up, if I could get LSU, Iowa, and South Carolina all into the Final Four somehow, some way this year, uh, I know, you know, TV ratings would be through the roof. Um, you know, this LSU team is interesting. I mean, they, 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 at times they've not looked great, but at, at other times they put it all together and they play great defense and, and the offense is good and Angel Reese is good. So um, I don't know. I had somebody tell me a few weeks ago, like, yeah, this LSU team, they're not winning at all. I said, look, who knows? <laughs> when you punch your ticket and you get to the dance, it's all about matchups. And LSU had favorable matchups last year. You know, they, they beat a good Virginia Tech team, but I thought they were a bad matchup for Virginia Tech. And, you know, and then beating Iowa like they did in the championship. I mean, let's face it, they, they had people step up and hit shots that hadn't hit shots all year, and, and right. you win a championship and good on them. But, um, no, I think uh, I think it's very interesting. I mean, South Carolina, like you said, they, they look invincible. They, they play great team basketball, and uh, who knows? They may just run the table and go completely undefeated and win it all, but would love to see Kim Mulkey and LSU at least play them in, in the tournament. Well, LSU's won six in a row now, playing well at 24-4, and four, second in the league at 11-3. and three. Georgia, tomorrow night, they've still got Kentucky, and then, of course, the SEC tournament at Greenville, South Carolina. At, at this point, 
I would think that LSU would be a three or four seed, but if they can win the remaining games in the regular season and make a run of the SEC final of the tournament, I think they still got a shot to get to that two line. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I thought that it was a gutty fourth quarter performance against Tennessee the other night. And Haley Van Liff, I mean, she's, she's been so up and down all year. But, man, if she could play like that down the stretch and hit some big shots, um, that, that's just going to make them that much stronger. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think if they make a run in the tournament here and, and, you know, get to the championship and, you know, even if they lose in the SEC championship game, um, you know, I think, I think that might be enough for them to get up there. So, uh, we'll see what happens, but yeah, you certainly still two see within play. About five minutes left with Chris Gordy. SEC football, if you look at things right now, as of today, I would certainly put Georgia on top in the SEC East, and I would put Ole Miss on top in the SEC West. Any agreement or disagreement? Well, I'll disagree from the, from the standpoint of there's no more East and West. We, we have to get that right. out of our minds now. We're I know, I know. <laughs> It's just it's just SEC, and it's the two best yeah. teams are going to Atlanta. But um, no, right. it's it's very interesting now with the twelve team playoff because you know we were talking about this earlier with somebody like the goal is to get to at least ten and two. We think a, a ten and two SEC team gets into the into the playoff. But you think about this: Let, let's say Georgia runs the table, and let's say I don't know. Let's just say for argument's sake, Alabama or LSU goes eleven and one. Those two teams will go to Atlanta. You could have a 10-2 and two Ole Miss team sitting there going, look, we'd rather not play that extra game. We'll sit here yeah. just fine. We'll go, to the, we'll go to the playoff because here's the reality. An 11-1 LSU goes to the championship, SEC championship, and loses that game against Georgia. Guess what? You're playing next week because you're not a top-four seed. You automatically drop down from the 5-12 to 12 seed, uh, right. seed, and you're playing a, a game that next week at Tiger Stadium. So. Yeah, it's, it's going to take a lot of getting used to for us and, and training our brains and, and how this Correct. all is going to operate. But, yeah, it, it's um, – look, Ole Miss, their schedule is the most one of the most favorable out there. They have two tough games uh, at LSU, and I want to say it's against uh, Oklahoma. Uh, and even if they lose those, they'll go 10-2. I mean, their toughest non-conference game is against Wake Forest. So, uh, Ole Miss has the most favorable schedule. Georgia is the most talented. They're the most loaded. But they do have some pitfalls. They have to go to Tuscaloosa. We don't know what Alabama's going to look like, but that's always a tough environment. And, you know, everybody's got a kind of a tough game on their schedule. Georgia has to go to Texas. You think Austin's going to be ready for that one? They're going to be fired up. So, yeah, there's some pitfalls on everybody's schedule. And I don't know. I don't know if we get any undefeated SEC teams in Atlanta this year. I think everybody walks in with at least a, walk, at least a loss or two. Yeah, it's really going to take mind conditioning to adjust to this, frankly. And you're right. It's just so difficult and so different than what it is. Are you surprised that Arch Manning stayed at Texas, that considering yours is coming back? Or was it just too much money to pass up? No, everything I had heard, at least from, from the Manning camp, was that this was the plan all along. I mean, they, they, they wanted to slow play this. He's super talented, but they wanted him to learn and do it the right way. I mean, he could have gone to another school and started immediately. He could have gone to Alabama. He may have started immediately over over Jalen Milrow because, remember, they, 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 they didn't have a quarterback coming out of spring nope. last year at Bama. But I think this is the right way. And I think, I think you know, Peyton and, and, and uh, Eli have been in Cooper's ear, and they're all kind of in agreement. Sit, wait your turn, learn. Uh, the reality is Quinn Ewers has been injured each of the past two seasons as a starter. So, uh, Arch is going to play at some point. We know that. There's going to be an injury or two, you know, that, that, that Quinn Ewers is going to suffer, and Arch is going to have to play a game or two this year. But uh, I think 
I think sitting and waiting and learning and waiting his turn is the right way to go. And, you know, Quinn will be off to the pros after this season, and it'll be Arch Manning the year after that. So, uh, I, yeah, everybody I talked to kind of said no. The, the goal was to move up to number two. Malik Murphy, the backup last year, he transfers out to Duke. So, he's the backup, and look, we're one Quinn Ewers injury away from him being the guy. Minute or two left with Chris Gordy. We'll let him go cover the game there with LSU and Rice Baseball. But you're sitting in a hotbed of Major League Baseball. The Rangers are the world champions. Congratulations. Fantastic turnaround there and a great story. Of course, the Astros have been elite now for several years and are always knocking on the door in that type of team. What are you thinking about this year with regard to those two teams? Well, it's uh, the Astros are loaded once again. I mean, they, they really didn't lose anybody of consequence from their roster. I mean, you know, Michael Brantley retired, but he was injured for much of last year anyway. And then they lost three relievers from their bullpen, but they add Josh Hader, one of the best relievers, if not the best closer in all of baseball. So, you know, you can almost argue that they've upgraded a little bit. They lose Martin Maldonado, their catcher, but Yanner Diaz, their rookie catcher a year ago, was one of the best hitting catchers in all of baseball. And now he's going to be a full-time starter. So, Health is the key. I mean, you have an aging Justin Verlander who just turned 41 uh, and a lot of other pitchers who have been dealing with injuries. And, you know, Luis Garcia underwent Tommy John. Lance McCullers hasn't pitched in almost two years. So if they can get everybody back and get everybody healthy, I still think the Astros are the team to beat. Uh, The Rangers, great story. They got hot at the right time. Everybody came through clutch hitting. Uh, But at at the end of the day, they still lost some key free agents this offseason. And they're dealing with injuries to their pitching staff. So, um, I still think the Astros win this division. I think we're talking about, I think this will be an eighth straight trip to the ALCS if they can get there, which is just, that, that's an accomplishment within itself. That's crazy. I mean, they've certainly spoiled the fan base there, and understandably so. And, boy, what a really good franchise that is. And I think, I think the Rockets have a promising future. I think they've got a nice nucleus there, having watched them play the Pelicans four times this year. I think they're in, they're in pretty good shape, too. So these are, these are pretty good times in Houston for sports. Because I, yeah, no I didn't even mention the Texans, and that was lights out. That was great to watch. <laughs> yeah, C.J. Stroud, he's, uh, he's kind of made a name for himself. He's done all right. And <laughs> it's always great to talk to you, Chris. We appreciate the time. Tonight we'll let you go cover the baseball game. As always, thank you, and keep up the good work here. Thanks, Ken. And tell, tell the Saints they need to find their C.J. Stroud, okay? I will. Hey, you got that right, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, Chris Gordy, Locked on SEC Network and Houston Radio Personality. And? New Orleans area native, Archbishop Rommel graduate, and always a pleasure to visit with Chris. And he always likes to keep in touch with the home base, and we certainly allow him to do that. And he does a great job of keeping us informed about everything regarding SEC sports. All right, if you'd like to join us, 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061 to participate in the conversation. Glad you're with us on this hump day. Ken Trahan with Rudy Dixon, our producer. We'll take a time out here, and we'll continue in just a moment here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and on the web. We're at NashFM1061.com. Signet Landing Restaurant in historic West Wego at Bayou Signet. Great food at a great location with Harborview Dining and Southern Hospitality. Serving the best Cajun and seafood dishes for lunch and dinner, like crawfish pie, crab cakes, fried oysters, seafood platters, and much more. Signet Landing, 450 Laracini Street, just off the expressway in West Wego, behind the shrimp lot. For parties of eight or more, call for reservations, 504-900-1901. Hi, this is Racy Cooper, account executive with Cumulus New Orleans. 
I specialize in growing businesses. And if you want to grow your business, I'm the girl for you. At Cumulus, we have four great radio stations and an amazing selection of digital products to take your business to a new level. Simply call me at 504-919-3379 or email me at racy.cooper at cumulus.com. The consultation is free. Racy and Cumulus Media. Let's grow together. Did you find yourself scrambling for a last-minute Valentine's Day gift this year? What if there's a gift that will last longer than flowers or perfume and protect your loved ones along the way, regardless of when you get it? I'm talking about life insurance. I called SelectQuote to secure our coverage and couldn't believe how easy and affordable it was. I'm 40, and my $500,000 policy was only $16 a month. My husband's also 40, and his $500,000 policy was only $18 a month. And with their same-day coverage... There was no medical exam required, and we were covered by the time we hung up. With monthly payments less than the cost of a dozen roses, this is the perfect time to make sure your family is protected. Call Select Quote at 1 800 418 3366 or go to SelectQuote.com to get your free quote today. That's 1 800 418 3366. 1 800 418 3366. Details on example rate at SelectQuote.com. This report is sponsored by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride with the parts you need for the prices you want. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, good afternoon. As we wrap it up, eastbound I-10, Kenner to downtown, 25 minutes, an 11-minute delay, slow between Carrollton and the Claiborne flyover. Also, stop-and-go traffic eastbound I-10 uh, between the flyover and the high-rise. It's about eight minutes right now. Five-minute ride eastbound I-10, Elysian Fields to the high-rise. Accidents working Willow Street at Arado Street, working an accident. Elysian Fields at North Galvez, a crash. New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service, Traffic Center. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. Speaking of college baseball, first game of the Pelican Cup last night. You heard it right here on 106.1 FM as Tulane at Turchin Stadium defeated the University of New Orleans. 6-3 Green Wave. Never trailed in the game, but 1-0, 3-0, 4-0. UNO cut it to 4-2. Tulane made it 5-2. Privateers made it 5-3, but the Green Wave answered with a run. In the bottom of the eighth inning, the story of the game, Jackson Lynn fell to two home runs for the Green Wave. Went blown out to right, and Gavin Schultz out of Holy Cross also homered for Tulane in the game. As Blaze Wilsensky got the win, Dennis Cortez the loss. Henry Shuffler to save. Both teams are now 4-4 four and four on the season. It was the first game of this year's Pelican Cup, which was last year won by UNO. Tulane gets the early edge this year in the Cup. So, good start for the Green Wave in the Pelican Cup. And as mentioned, both teams 4-4. Four four. This was important for Tulane. They were coming off of a weekend sweep against UC Irvine. And of course, you know, UC Irvine is a good program. We all know that, but when you get a team like that at home and you get swept, the 
skepticism is going to be prevalent because you already are coming off of a bad year, win and loss-wise, a year ago, and people are certainly not sold on the program and on Jay Ullman, whom we all want to see succeed. He's a great guy. So uh, this was an important win in that regard, and it was important to beat UNO because of what happened last year and the way UNO has really been better in this series in recent years. Blake Dean's now 11-8 and eight against Tulane overall. So the Green Wave getting to 4-4 four and four with the win, and now they get Yale at home this weekend, three-game series, and it's really important for them to right the ship against Yale after last weekend's debacle with UC Irvine. UNO, on the other hand, 4-4 four and four have lost two straight. Privateers should get well at home against Alabama A&M this weekend. The three-game series beginning Friday at 6.30. That game is right here on Nash Icon, 106.1 FM on Friday. So looking forward to that one here as the Privateers continue on. Southeastern whipped Xavier 22-9 last night, slugging a, a bunch of hits in that game. Uh, and maybe the biggest result of the night was Nichols. Uh, the Colonels go to... MGM Park in Biloxi, and they beat a good Southern Miss team 6-5 to five in 10 innings. Now, Nichols is good. I mean, they lost to Tulane, but Nichols last year won the Southland Conference, went to the NCAA tournament, and now you look at what the Colonels look like thus far this year. 8-1 and one overall. Really good. And the only loss was a one-run loss to Tulane. They're playing... South Alabama tonight in Mobile. So talk about a tough trip. They go to Biloxi last night and in Mobile tonight. If they can somehow pull that one off, look out. Mike Silva's done a great job at Nichols. And the Colonels are home this weekend for a three-game series against the Southern Jaguars at Ray Didier Field. That's this weekend. So that's a team that you have to pay attention to. Loyola's 12-2. and two. Wolfpack continue to have a very good season under Jeremy Kennedy. He wrote about them about a week ago when they started 10-0 at CrescentCitySports.com. Of course, Kennedy's done a great job with that team. So college baseball as a whole looking good. And, of course, as mentioned, LSU and Rice tonight ahead of that Astros Foundation Classic as LSU makes the Houston run of four consecutive games starting with the game against Rice tonight. Delgado back in action. Coming up, we are away from home. The, the Dolphins are this weekend, and you look at the rest of the schedule and where they're at. Dolphins are eight and four, and they got a very tough one against a really good Pensacola State team this weekend. Two doubleheaders Friday and Saturday against Pensacola State, who whipped them in New Orleans. They play Sunday as well. I mean, it's four games. <laughs> it's a really good team. So that's the story with college baseball. Glad you're with us. 504-260-1061. We're back with a final word in just a moment here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Hey, Eric, welcome to the newly renovated TikTok. Come on in. Quick, close the door, Mike. You're letting the flies out. All right, don't start that again. Hey, look, we've been back operating almost two months now. Yeah, and your sign should say, sorry, we're back open. 
Stop. Come on. So what you think about the new paint job and the repaved parking lot? I think you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a... All right. Enough is enough. The TikTok Cafe open 24-7 at the intersection of Causeway and I-10 in Metairie. When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllstateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code LANE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code LANE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LANE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. What's wrong with Rick? He's kind of spacey today. That's Rick's identical twin, Scott. He's not used to answering to Rick. What's going on? Rick asked me to keep it secret, but he asked his twin to cover his shift so he could go to Diamonds Direct to shop. But this is a jewelry store. Yeah, I know. But the prices and selection are so much better at Diamonds Direct. Rick doesn't want the boss to get suspicious, so Scott's here in case the boss sees Rick at Diamonds Direct. But that would mean that the boss is at Diamonds Direct too? Yeah. We have a lot of secrets. You never know who you'll run into at Diamonds Direct. With unbeatable direct importer prices, the highest quality diamonds, the most sought-after designer rings, the best customer service, the strongest guarantees in the industry. It's just a no-brainer. You think if Scott had a mustache, would he look like me? No. <laughs> Go where everyone else goes. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Well, what if I shaved? Still no. For store hours, directions, and more, go to DiamondsDirect.com. The Teal Roofing Cajun Country Jam is back. May 24th through the 26th, the Memorial Day weekend. At North Park, Denham Springs, Louisiana. Starring Justin Moore. Plus Clay Walker. Sawyer Brown. Joe Nichols. Plus Chase Matthew, Lane Hardy, and more. Tickets on sale now at thecajuncountryjam.com. That's thecajuncountryjam.com. Signet Landing Restaurant in historic West Wego at Bayou Signet. Great food at a great location with Harborview Dining and Southern Hospitality. Serving the best Cajun and seafood dishes for lunch and dinner, like crawfish pie, crab cakes, fried oysters, seafood platters, and much more. Signet Landing, 450 Laracini Street, just off the expressway in West Wego, behind the shrimp lot. For parties of eight or more, call for reservations, 504-900-1901. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Always welcoming intelligent points of view. 
whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call, 504-260-1061. And our time has just about expired here this evening. I want to thank Chris Gordy for spending